0: We want to show the real side of small business, the true small business life. There are a lot of misconceptions about small business and we want to give you a glimpse into the real life of a small business owner, the highs, the lows, the failures, the successes, the full small business life story so that you too can know that you are not alone on your small business journey and so that you can see the journey that many other small business owners have taken themselves Remember to like, share, and comment so that many others can share in this small business life story. Good morning, Brandon. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks, John. I appreciate you having me on on your podcast here today.
0: Well, hey, thanks for carving out time, especially going into that final fourth quarter of the year. It's hard to believe we're already halfway past the halfway point for September. It's like, holy cow, where did the year go?
1: I know it seems like we're still hearing people complain about 2020, and we're, <laughs> we're just about finished with the, with 2021. So,
0: I know it's crazy. It's crazy. What, do you have any like fun things you really want to get done before the new year?
1: Oh, before the new year? Um, no, I don't. I don't really have anything. Um, uh, we've we've got a, a family vacation, you know, planned for over Thanksgiving time. But other than that, it's just the uh, you know the day to day stuff, getting the, the kids to all their activities, and and keeping the business
0: going. So. Keeping at the grind, as they say. That's right. I love it. I love it. You and I have had a chance to connect a little bit. But for those listening, Brandon, who is Brandon Burton? What's your journey to business ownership?
1: yeah so my journey and this uh this will probably get into a little bit into our, our topic today too is is very much part of my journey but um about fifteen years ago uh, I had i graduated college I was looking to get into get into my profession right and initially I wanted to get into pharmaceutical sales um, my dad was in pharmaceutical sales Um I saw the, you know, the lifestyle it set up for him, I, he seemed to, to really enjoy it. And, and I was drawn to that. So, um, started, you know, the interview processes and everything. And there's you know, a lot of good connections, even with, you know, people that my dad knew and everything and, and had a lot of interviews. And the one thing it came down to is I needed at least two years sales experience doing something, you know, just selling something, anything. It didn't yeah. matter. So it's like, okay, so. I landed on a, a job selling advertising for Chamber of Commerce publications. And you know, so when you think, I, I assume a lot of your listeners are, are probably members of their local Chamber of Commerce. So mm-hmm. when you look at a, a Chamber directory, magazine, uh, maps, uh, I, would, I would sell the, the advertising on those publications. With the uh, with the goal or the idea that I would do this for two years and then have that sales experience and transition over into pharmaceutical sales, so right about the time the two year mark you know came up where I was going to make that transition, uh, you know the the two thousand eight market crash hit, and I'm looking around at all these pharmaceutical companies that I had an eye on and and they're laying everybody off. And I'm looking at what I'm doing and I'm thinking, you know, I've, I've got a pretty good gig right here. You know, I'm, I'm doing all right. I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy meeting a lot of these small businesses working with chambers of commerce. I'm just going to keep doing this. And uh, it was probably a year or two after that, um, our sales manager actually left the company and went a different way. And, and I got promoted to the sales manager with our company and, and, uh, so it really opened up a lot of doors for me. And so, like I said, I've been doing this for, for 15 years, uh, still do the, the advertising sales, still sales manager for our publishing company and work with a lot of chambers, uh, especially throughout Texas, but a few other States as well. And, you know, 15 years ago when I got into this, um, it was a great thing. It it still is a great thing, but 15 years ago, it was, it was a no brainer, you know, as we did the ad sales, it was almost like order taking, you know, the, the chamber would send out an email to all the members and say, we're doing our new chamber directory or new map, whatever it was. And the calls, emails had fled in of people wanting to reserve space and, uh, probably about five years into it. You know, the, you had the iPhone came out, so you've got map apps on there. You know, people are a lot more connected digitally yep. where 15 years ago, I mean, we, we forget a little bit about how ingrained print material was. I mean, everybody had a phone book at that time true. and, uh, I can't remember the last time I saw a phone book, but you know, so it was about five years into the the journey with, with my career that I, I started taking a hard look at what it is that we do, you know, sales and publishing. And it's like, man, 10 years, is this going to be, is this still going to be relevant? You know, right.
0: Exactly. The economy is changing dramatically, especially over the last 10, 15 years.
1: Exactly. And and we made some adjustments along the way. We introduced some digital offerings, some add on benefits, and, you know, staying relevant, right, uh, which was important. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing what we do anymore. But, uh, couple years ago, you know, just taking that introspective look again. It's like, okay, I remember 10 years ago, what things look like and the market shifts and everything. And here we are about 10 years later and people still want a map, you know, chambers send these out to new residents. People still like the hard copy print. And uh, I just, you know, looking into the future, I, I don't know what the next 10 years brings, you know? But Mm -hmm. we we made adjustments and pivots along the way leading up to this point. And I thought, you know, I need to do something uh, to make an adjustment and a pivot for myself. So I'm prepared whenever. I mean, it still is a great thing that that I'm doing with the, the chamber publishing side. But I don't anticipate it'll last forever. I mean, whether it's 10 years or 20 years from now, you know.
0: No. Virtually nothing lasts forever. I mean, especially with technology changing the way we do, the way we buy and sell, the way we market, the way we deliver goods and services, it's changing. So it wouldn't be a logical conclusion to say, you know what, this is going to be the exact same thing in 10 years. It's, too much is changing. And that's not a bad thing. But to your point, you have to accept that reality and adapt.
1: Exactly. And it doesn't matter what business you're in. There's always adaptation. I mean, if we look at the Precisely. over just in the last two years, Look at the the restaurant and hospitality industry. I mean, they've had to make huge shifts.
0: Significant, but
1: uh, kind of looking forward. I I um, came across you know I came across podcasting. I was a huge listener, and I traveled the huge state of Texas a lot. You know, usually in my car. So you know, as you drive, you you're, if you're listening to the radio, you get out of that range where that radio station picks up, and then you're searching for something else. So. Um, I found myself tuning into a lot of podcasts as I, as I did those drives. And I thought, you know, there's, there's a market for this because I was working with chambers of commerce of all different sizes. Um, some were really small, one person staff, maybe a part-time staffer Mm -hmm. at their chamber and then others with a dozen or more staff members and a huge budget and, I saw some of the discrepancies, you know, from one chamber to another of how their, their membership, you know, perceived the value that they had out of the chamber. And I thought, you know, there's, there's something here as far as almost a continuing education kind of model. Um, podcasting is a great platform that really was taken off. And I thought, you know, I could be, and I, I did a search and there was no other chamber focused Podcast, and I thought I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to do the do the podcast. I've got a lot of connections in the Chamber of Commerce industry, and uh, you know, a long list of potential candidates to have as guests on the podcast. So I, I did that. About uh, well, shoot, now it's coming up close to three years now, and um, it's been a, a good good run, and made a lot of great contacts and and my whole purpose, I guess, behind making that shift with the podcast, like I said, was just helping to prepare myself for the future. Um, whether that's lead generation for the chamber publishing side, Mm because we've had, we've had quite a bit of that, whether it's uh, sponsorship revenue that I get through the podcast, whether it's just establishing myself, You know, it was a stronger brand, you know, personal brand in the chamber industry. So I can shift and make a pivot wherever I need to when the markets change. Um, It just, it opened up a huge opportunity for me to kind of position myself.
0: You talked about a few things there, and I do want to talk about two of the things that we discussed, but one thing I want to bring up before you launched officially, you took a good hard look at the market, the demand, supply, competition, so on and so forth. That is a common mistake that we see with small business owners. They just jump into it. And when you're passionate about it, you can still jump into it. But before you pull that trigger, you want to know what's out there because that will help you position yourself strategically so that you're providing something that's truly unique. You really don't want to enter just a commodity space unless you've got something extraordinarily unique that will make your commodity very unique, which is typically not the case. You end up getting into a price war, and that's not a really great business model. However, you set a really great example there. Took your time. You looked at the market. You looked at the competition. You're like, "Hey, there's really no no competition here." That's the way a business launch should sequence itself. Because if you're going into a business that's highly competitive, it's going to be really hard to get your feet off the ground.
1: Exactly. And and I did. I talked to a lot of you know chamber presidents and and talked to them about the idea of a podcast. And you know, would they listen? Would they Would they participate in it? And there was, you know, good buy-in. And there's there's other resources for sure in the chamber of commerce industry. As far as there's, you know, state um, state organizations, there's national organizations, associations for chambers of commerce, and they provide great opportunities. Usually, a, an annual conference with you know, trainings and seminars. And and we saw through the COVID pandemic they shifted to a lot of webinars and you know trainings that way. So there, there is some some good resources, but where I saw the niche with the podcast you know, in particular was some of these chambers that were really struggling, they didn't have the budget to right. set aside to actually be a part of these associations, these organizations that would add so much more value that I can do the podcast as a free resource that they can you know, bring their organization up to the next level to where they can engage with some of these other you know, thought leaders in the chamber industry.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then one of the other things you kind of highlighted as well was the importance of having a good, clear vision to work towards. That's, again, another one I was interesting to people that that we've worked with and haven't been able to work with. We had one business owner call us say, hey, I like, like the website. I like what you guys stand for. I'm interested. We're like, you know, fantastic. You know, Tell us where you want to go with your business. You know, well, I don't really want to grow. I don't want to hire employees. We're like, well, we're all about growth. So we're probably not the right firm for you. But <laughs> you had a clear vision for what you wanted to do and how you're going to get there. No one can replace that in your business. That's kind of like the, one of the top responsibilities of the small business owner. It's setting a clear as crystal vision. And then it's establishing a plan to get there and getting it down to an execution where it's, Hey, this individual is working on this. I'm working on this. This person over here is taking care of that. Then you can bring it all together. But without that vision, you're never going to get anywhere.
1: Absolutely. And, and that vision is so important getting started just to be able to, to know what direction you're going in. I mean, you can go a hundred miles an hour, but if you're going the wrong direction, you're going to end up, you know, thousands of miles away from your your target
0: it's you it's so true the example that i like to use is uh, shooting because here in texas we all love to shoot guns right That's it's right. if you're like half an inch off at five yards off you know half inch off the barrel you're gonna be okay but if you're half an inch off at 100 yards you know we're near hitting the target and it's that type of Um, perspective that a lot of small business owners don't take into account. Um, It's why we always start off, even with something as basic as a business plan, we say, hey, what's your vision statement? What do you want to be? Because too often it's, I don't know, I just want to to earn an income. Well, No, you got to have more than that if you're going to own a business, because if it's all about the money, I got news for you, you're in the wrong industry then. The money will come if you work at it and you do it properly, but it's a long-term investment, which again, goes back to the whole vision thing. When you're starting a business venture, you need to be looking into the future 20 years, not just into the next six months. And too often we see people not even planning for the next three weeks. And it's like, okay, well, these are a few things that we got to fix here. You've got to establish the vision. And that's actually a good practical question, I think. As you launch your business, even as you manage it now... How do you ensure that you and your team have that same vision and how do you ensure everything that you do, all the strategic initiatives, all the tactics, all the, for example, marketing, how do you make sure that aligns with your vision?
1: Oh, how do I make sure it aligns? Um, So first of all, my team is very small. It's me. (laughs) So that makes it easier to align my vision with myself um i am getting to the point where i do need to to bring on some people to to help with the, some of the the things that i have coming up um but i think it's important to be able to to be a, a little bit adaptable too with that vision i mean as you start moving along towards a direction and you realize you know maybe what you initially thought is not going to work the way you thought it would to be okay getting rid of it, shifting, making that pivot and, and doing what does work, you know, take mm-hmm. that market feedback and make those adjustments. So I don't like getting too married to the, I mean, the vision is super important getting started. Cause like I said, if you don't have the vision, you don't have a direction, but once you start going in the direction and you get that market feedback, you need to be able to make the adjustments as you go.
0: That's such a good point. I think it it kind of ties into like the the mission statements, like here's what we want to be, then here's how we're going to get there. That how can and will change. I mean, even if you look at the last 20 years is an example if you look at some of these even big companies their visions remain pretty steady but the mission has absolutely changed because technology changes consumer demand changes we don't live in a mechanical economy it's not numerical or it's perfectly formulated this happens then this happens yes there are trends and patterns and things like that but it's an organic economy, it's going to change. It's never going to stop changing, which means we as business owners don't have the luxury of stopping that change either for ourselves internally. We need to adapt, adopt new technology, adopt new practices, adjust to consumer demand. And I think, not to go off on another tangent, but I think that's a really difficult question for any business owner to ask, is what I'm doing really in demand? Is that what the market needs? Because there are situations where the market doesn't share your passion for what you're doing. And that's okay, but as a business owner, then you need to adapt and say, okay, what is it that you need me to do? What problem is it that I need to solve? And when you're taking a customer-centric approach like that, then it feeds back into the vision of what you wanted to do, but the how is going to change.
1: Exactly. And I think the, the rate of change is just speeding up in today's world with technology oh, yes. and all the things that you just listed. Um, but it's important as a business owner to, to be adaptable, but to not get caught up with the, they call it the the shiny object syndrome, right? right? You see something, you go Mm -hmm. chasing squirrels. It really needs to fit what your vision and your, your model is. And some of those things will change your vision and model a little bit, but if you have that clear vision to begin with and the end desire, the end goal, knowing who you're serving and, Will this change, will this new technology that I adopt, will this better serve my ideal customer?
0: Exactly, that's the question that business owners need to be asking Not, Oh, this is a cool toy, Let how can I use it? Well, that's not, that's the, not the order of question, here we go. The question <laughs> is, what do we need? What problem do we need to solve for our customers? And does this new toy fit into that light? Most of the time, it's probably not going to, and that's okay. But then you'll be thanking yourself that you didn't take a bite at that apple. You know, (laughs) start investing potentially thousands of dollars into it, only to find that it doesn't actually help you or your clients. You're like, "Well, that was a big waste of time and money." Right. (laughs) And so (laughs) sometimes you learn that through the school of hard knocks. But there are there are things you can learn from others, um, business owners such as yourself, who have already kind of walked the walk, who have already been there, done that, so to speak.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, I had the thought the other night is uh, just thinking about all the, the, the change, the opportunity to change the shining objects and everything. And when it comes to technology, you always want to dabble a little bit here and there, see what works yep. before you fully adopt it. And I thought, man, life would have been a whole lot easier if I would have just been like a dog trainer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where the, the technology is not, you know, so integrated and so important to what I do, but I love what I do and and the technology... It's supposed to make life and business easier, and when you find the right tools, it it, it sure can.
0: Exactly, you just have to figure out how to make it work for you. And that can be a very individualistic discussion because the same technology the same piece of technology might be really good for company A, but it might not do much for company B. And again, that's okay. You just have to figure out what works for you, what drives your business forward, what adds value to your value proposition, how you can better serve your customers. And that's a question that we need to be asking each and every day. How can I do a better job? How can we better serve our clients? How how many more problems can we solve today? What different problems can we solve for our customers? And you it's just good business it ties into everything the the customers become a longer term client they end up buying more from you you're creating more value from them and now we're in that you know situation where we're creating value for everyone that's involved in the transaction and that's what you're after
1: absolutely that's. it's got to serve your target customer and you have to have a clear idea of who that target customer is
0: absolutely so i do want to talk come back and talk a little bit about that in a minute but first one of the other things we wanted to talk about um is contingency planning i think we all got a really strong taste of that in 2020 but leaving 2020 behind implementing contingency plans it's not a fun discussion to have but it's one that you need to have um It's not gonna be COVID around three and four in all likelihood, although it's theoretically possible, it's gonna be something else. Business owners need to be prepared for whatever catastrophe life might throw at them, whether it be a financial problem like 08, a a virus pandemic like 2020, whatever it might be, you need to have the ability to kind of see some of those vulnerabilities in your own business and then say, tell you what, this is something where I'm lacking a little bit if this situation happens, here's what I'm gonna do to kind of compensate for that. for that gap.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, if, if anything that, you know, this pandemic has taught us is the ability to, to be flexible, to pivot, have those contingency plans and, and you don't always know what's coming next. I mean, you can't. three years ago, it, would we ever thought that the whole country would be shut down and, you know, we'd be told to stay at home for two weeks or two months or however long it's been.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. No no joke. We literally went from, went from an economic high point to the economy literally stopping for, yeah. for I know, mean, at least for two weeks. And it was just like, this is really weird because we, um, we have ownership in a processing business and it was frightening to see, you know, you have all the processing revenues, everything's going well and all of a sudden it literally goes to zero and you're like, this is so not good.
1: Yeah, something that's never happened before, right? In exactly. That part of the business, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I I was at that point, I was you know a little over a year into doing my podcast and serving chambers of commerce, and I I really saw, I guess when the the light clicked on for me is probably probably two or three months, probably three months into the pandemic, um, I started having chamber presidents reach out to me and say you know I've, I I listened to your podcast you know great content whatever but um, can you teach us how to podcast you know we normally a chamber of commerce will have a monthly luncheon you know after right. hour mixers new member orientations you know all these different events and activities is kind of the the core of a chamber and and a lot of chambers have leveraged themselves very much into networking and when you can't gather with a large group of people in a room that really disrupts that, that whole business model. So chambers are reaching out to me saying, how can you teach us how to podcast? So mm-hmm. I did that. I was helping them make that pivot is what we called it. The, the podcast pivot. And, uh, <laughs> so several chambers came online with a podcast, uh, uh, seemingly overnight, you know, in the history of chambers of commerce, um, You know, throughout the last year, especially, I've seen a lot of chambers make that pivot because you get into some of the, you know, states on the East Coast and and up north, you know, there's still quite a bit of lockdowns as far as, you know, gathering with large Mm -hmm. groups. So it still is something that they're addressing and trying to figure out. And granted, they've they've done a lot of these webinars and Zoom meetings, and I think, you know, people get a little bit of Zoom fatigue. Oh, yeah. What they found as they started doing this is it it allowed a whole nother way for them to engage with their target customers, with their small businesses that they serve. And because if you if a chamber were to look at their entire membership list and really get into the, the details as to the percentage of members that engage with them on any level,
0: mm-hmm. are they
1: coming to luncheons? Are they opening the emails from the chamber? Are they engaging on social media? Are they whatever. Are they on right. a, a committee? That percentage that are actively engaged with the chamber is very low. And that's across the board with any chamber. And it's not that these businesses don't want to participate. They don't want what the chamber has to offer. It's that people are busy living their own life, you know, running their own business. And when you say you have to be at this luncheon at noon on Wednesday to get the value that the chamber has to offer... Well, that's a big barrier, you know, to to being able to engage with these businesses. So they found a new platform to be able to engage and let people listen and participate on their own time.
0: I think that even ties into what we were talking about earlier. the The end goal of what those chambers are trying to accomplish is still the same thing, but they had to find a different way to do it, especially during you know the, the lockdowns. It was like it doesn't matter if you have that engaged percentage of your membership or not. You can't gather in person, so what do you do? You find a way, you find an alternative and that's the type of contingency, the adaptability that the beauty is small business owners are better positioned than anyone because in the vast majority of situations, they're very flexible. They're very agile. Whereas you get into these large corporate companies and it's a very different ball game. So the good news is the small business owner has the opportunity, a better opportunity to adapt. The bad news is that it's up to that small business owner. It's not going to happen by itself.
1: Yeah. In fact, in the, the early days of the pandemic, I'd seen the uh, the Joplin Chamber of Commerce in Missouri. They, they were doing a webinar series teaching their small businesses how to sell products online. So these businesses that only have a brick and mortar, these mom and pop shops, they can't open their doors and they don't know when they will be able to open their doors again. They did this webinar series, helped them set up a Shopify account and taught them how to connect that to Amazon and Walmart and all the big box retailers to be able to sell out the back door in an essence. And the the percentage of revenue that can come. So when you have a brick and mortar business and you're you're only selling to people in your community, your target market is so small. But once you can open it up, you know, to the global market, I mean, the, most of these businesses ended up selling more through the back door, through yep. online outlets than they do through the front door, but they still want to be a part of the community. The chamber's still oh, behind sure. it. So kind of helping those those local businesses sell globally was a huge pivot.
0: Well, I think that also ties into that point. I wanted to jump back to, you know, knowing your target audience, so to speak, but then having the the willingness to accept, number one, it might be different than what you think. And then, number two, to your other point, you really want to get more of your input on being willing to expand it, especially in terms of geography, um, especially like retail stores, for example. If COVID in 2020 taught us anything, it's that we are in the age of digitalization, we are in the digital economy. We have so much opportunity to expand our reach, to expand our target market. The small little boutique store, in, you know, downtown, small town USA. They don't have to just sell to that one area alone. With the proper system and the proper processes, you can sell to anyone across the globe. Obviously, you want to be conscientious of where you spend your marketing dollars, but your reach in today's day and age is so much greater than what it was twenty years ago.
1: It is, and if you're not taking advantage of that, that's a. It's time to look at that that vision that mission statement who are you trying to serve mm-hmm. and it, it, maybe you're only trying to serve people in your local community which is fine I mean that's if that's what it is that is that's exactly you, you go do that but if it fits to make a shift to to have a larger audience to have a, a larger stage, to sell your products and services to. You need to make that change.
0: Well, I think in giving like a good concrete example of that, you're you're a prime example there. You could very easily say, hey, I'm gonna set up my own studio, I'm gonna have a few of my local chamber connections within a 30, 45 minute drive. If that's the business model, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But by expanding your reach, you're able to go to all 50 states. There's nothing stopping you from connecting with someone all the way out in Hawaii or all the way out on the East Coast in New York. You've got full reach to each and every one of those chambers
1: absolutely and the <laughs> the the timing of all this too i mean i like i said i i was about a year into it before the, the the covid shutdowns and um it was a little bit of a struggle i'll say on the front end i was using skype to do my uh, my remote interviews with chamber people all over the country and and a lot of them are like, Skype, man, I haven't used Skype for, you know, eight years or whatever. Like, I, I don't remember my login. And, all this. <laughs> and, and then uh, everything shuts down and everybody adopts Zoom. like, mm-hmm. well, this is awesome. You know, I make a shift and tell them I'm doing the interview on Zoom. And it's like, everybody knows how to use it. There's no learning curve anymore yep. to, to how to get them online and how to do a, a video call and, and mm-hmm.
0: record a, a long distance call. And providing another example for the small business owners listening out there. For you, Brandon, that's a gold mine of opportunity because no longer do you need to have an onboarding session, okay, let me show you how to use it. Let me show you how to do this. They're all familiar with it already. So it's like a breeze getting people. It's really more of a scheduling issue now, which is kind of what you would call like normal day-to-day stuff. A huge chunk of the work is cut out. There's nowhere near as much uncomfortability, so to speak. People have used it before. They're familiar with it. They know how to they know what it is, why they have it, why they need to do it, how to do it, And it makes your life obviously much easier, but that's again, knowing your target audience, being ready for that shift and being willing to accept that change. I think that's one of the underlying themes that small business owners really need to get comfortable with. If you're not willing to accept change, you're never going to grow. Um, you need to look at the market as a competitive environment. There are a lot of people trying to get business, which is good. It makes a cream rise to the top, but it also means that you need to be willing to change to accept something that's better for your clients
1: absolutely there's the the quote and i wish i could attribute who who said it but you know you you can't get to where you want to go by doing the same things you've been doing so (laughs) you got to make those changes
0: exactly it's so true it's so true so we've got about 10 to 15 minutes left here and this is my this is my favorite part of uh, of every podcast you've been around the block for a little bit brandon you've obviously survived 2020 you've got a successful small business If you were to talk to business owners, small business owners, or even your target audience, maybe even chambers of commerce, what are three things that you would tell them that they need to start doing today if they are not already doing it?
1: So this is interesting to give some thought to. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of, of meditation. Um, admittedly. I don't do it as often as I should. Uh, Sometimes it's a, I gotta, gotta get in a a 10 minute session. I I prefer doing it at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm one of those people that probably stacks too many things at the beginning of the day. And I need to probably simplify a little bit, but meditation is one of those things that um, for me helps me to clarify what that vision is. And it helps to kind of clear out some of those distractions and, and junk that gets going going around in my head.
0: You know, it's it's so true. I would love to talk just for a little bit about, I know we only have 10 minutes, just a little bit. It's so important because I think as business owners, it's very easy to get thrown into living life in silos. I have my family life, I have my mental health, I have my physical health, I have my business, I have my business health there you don't live those lives independently they're all connected so when you're talking something like meditation or prayer or anything of the like it's a part of taking care of yourself you need to do that as a business owner because if you neglect yourself that's going to adversely impact your business you won't get to where you want to go you won't be what you can be or want to be you need to take care of yourself so that one it's, it's a hugely important and applicable one
1: and uh I don't know. Maybe maybe that first response should have been the overall morning routine, meditation part <laughs> of it. Because as you're giving that, you know, that feedback, um, you know, the physical part is huge to me too. Making sure, you know, because if you don't take care of your physical body too, you're no good to anybody else. So it's true. The mental and physical, taking care of that on a daily basis. Um, I prefer it at the beginning of the day because it sets the the tone for the rest of the day. Exactly. Um. Probably the next thing I would. I would put out there and kind of ride in line with our, our discussion today is, um, you know, the, the old proverb of, uh, you know, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Right. And the second best time is today. So if there's something that any of your listeners has been thinking about doing that, they feel like they should be doing, uh, business wise. Um, sometimes you feel like you, you miss the boat. Um, you haven't missed the boat, you know, just, just start today. Um, when I started the podcast, I could have looked at the, the entire podcast landscape and been like, Oh, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. Why is anybody going to listen to me? I missed the boat, you know, um, and just, just start today. It takes time for those roots to develop. It takes time for that tree to mature and it takes time for that fruit to present itself to become viable and and something that's worth giving away to others.
0: It's so um, true. You know, there's something that you'll joke, you know, better late than never, so to speak, but I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, there's a consulting firm, LGE Consulting out in California, and they're a bunch of Stanford pro- program guys. So super, super smart. They ran some studies and they found that for every day you wait to make the decision, you know, you need to make, you lose three days. Procrastinating does nothing but prevent you from achieving your goals. So, I mean, to your point, if you ever if you if you have a goal and you see an opportunity and you realize, oh dang it, I should have done this two years ago. That's okay. We can't impact two years ago, but you have control over the situation here and now, grab it by the horns and go get it done. There's still time. What you can't do is what you're what you're saying, Brandon, push it off until tomorrow or the next I can get it done next week. There's always tomorrow. When you know you got to get something done, get on top of it and get her done, so to speak.
1: Yeah, exactly. And part of that, I mean, to your point, um, putting it off till tomorrow and whatnot, depending on whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. uh, you may need to. You may need to say next month I start this, but write it down, make a clear plan, put some other things in the process Yes, that hold you accountable. So when that month comes up, you're moving forward because you've already laid the groundwork. exactly
0: it's it's not just an idea it's a true plan with objectives timelines deadlines so on and so forth exactly
1: um the third thing i would say is you know just enjoy the heck out of whatever you do i mean if you're uh if you're getting up in the morning and hitting the snooze button three times take a look at what you're doing with your day you know what can you do to make the adjustment when that alarm clock goes off, I want to be up and going because I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy who I'm talking to. And if that's not, you know, if you don't have that drive when that alarm goes off in the morning, take a hard look at, at what you do, what, how you can make some kind of a pivot, how you can make plans and adapt for the future mm-hmm. to where you can get excited about your business again, and especially get excited about those people that you're serving
0: that's such a really good deep one i think that's something a lot of people run into they kind of get stuck in the rut of life so to speak and you know it's the grind it's the grind yes there's definitely a daily grind don't get me wrong but if to your point if you're not enjoying what you do if you're not feeding the passion that you have the reason why you started your business something's off it could very well be a case of burnout or it could be that you've shifted from your original vision in which case it's a great time to say you know what Am I actually working towards that vision that I said? Am I achieving the why of my business? Because if you have that true passion and why and you are truly achieving it, or at least working towards it, especially in the early stages, you're gonna have that desire to get out of bed. You're gonna have that, all right, what can we do today? What what where can we take the business today? It's exciting, it's fun. But to your point, when you're not having that response, something is off. Take- and-
1: I, sorry, I didn't mean no, to. Go cut, ahead, no, go ahead, please. Please. I, I was going to say what helps me with that is just keeping an open mind and continuing to learn, whether it's reading books or listening to podcasts. It, it's continuing to inspire me. It's continuing to give me ideas that I can implement into my business that I can be excited about. But whatever it is, you need to find those resources that are going to help inspire. It may be networking. It may be having a mentor that can help lift you up. It may be having a mastermind group that can, you know, Kind of bring ideas together and and encourage you along the way. But there's resources available. Find what works best for you and and go at it.
0: It's so true. It's so true, Brandon. I want to thank you so much for carving time out of your day to to join us on our podcast to kind of talk about small business issues and kind of share your journey to business ownership. But especially for those those three insights, you know, the make sure to you know meditate or to pray to really get done today what you know you need to get done. You know, don't procrastinate. Even if you feel like you missed the mark it's in the past, just get it done today and then enjoy what you're doing. Make sure that it, it's on point. They're all applicable. They all speak to the foundation of every small business. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. It's been fun. And again, thank you for for having me here on your podcast. I've enjoyed it and, uh, and hope it provided some value to those listening.
0: It absolutely has, my friend. You stay safe, stay blessed. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.